Hi everybody and welcome to Take a Deep Breath. Today's breathcast is with Tim Gray. Tim is a UK's leading biohacker and he runs the Health Optimization Summit. There is a mouthful for you. Um, this podcast is all about biohacking and health optimization. Uh, why am I wearing these red weird looking glasses? Well actually they block out blue light and uh, it stops my brain thinking it's midday when it's night time which means I can carry on watching a bit of TV and I can actually still get a really deep night's sleep. So in this podcast we are going to talk to you uh, about a number of different health benefits and actually I asked Tim at one point Tim some of this stuff could be quite expensive what's the cheap and free things that we can all start to implement in our life straight away to improve our health and optimize kind of our healthy way of living so uh, we talk about hydration grounding nutrition supplements and a load of other things um, and what I love about Tim is Tim's all about the science so there's no woo-woo here as this is I do these things because I've done the research and these are the reasons why it benefits me so uh, I hope you enjoy the podcast as always please like subscribe and share um, and uh, let's crack on with that podcast now here we go thank you I want to just get straight into asking you uh, for those that don't know could you explain a little bit about what biohacking is please sure it's essentially the art of using science biology and self-experimentation to take control of your health um, um, and optimize your performance and well-being. So, I mean, it's very basic. The biohacker label is often really misunderstood, um, but it's quite precise. For instance, it's targeted and uh, quantified self-optimization <clears throat> is often using technology to mimic nature where possible. And I'll explain about that later on. Yeah, it, no, I'm, I'm, sorry, go ahead. Well, no worries. It's about preventative healthcare opposed to uh, fixing symptoms is about really making sure that you're you're um, healthy and ongoing without having to worry about having to fix health issues that you have pop up mm -hmm. um, figuring out why something's going wrong and then fixing it um, but also it's making health really fashionable which I think is one of the the key things I mean since Dave Asprey founded the whole biohacking movement um, it really has made things very very popular um, it's helped obviously with the breathwork side of things. It's helped obviously because bulletproof coffee went mainstream very quickly. Yep. Uh, red light therapy, collagen, blue blocking glasses, all of these things are down to pretty much Dave's <laughs> work in biohacking. Um, so it has made it really fashionable. And now the days of going down the pub on a Friday night are less fashionable and yeah. cooking really healthy grass fed meat or, or organic vegetables and socializing at home is far more popular um so yeah so that's basically what biohacking is yeah i'm so excited to get stuck into the weeds of this with you today um but before i do i'm gonna hold i'm gonna hold off because I've, I've got my light blocking glasses after i saw yours actually on instagram i, I bought some they're not as fashionable as yours they're, they're they're i'll have to dig them out they're um i think they're meant for people in the industry in the in the construction industry but they do the same thing i think <laughs> um <laughs> but you know they're a very cheap pair um how, what what's your story what's your journey how did you how did you kind of go on this path where did you start if you want to share a little bit with us what, what got you to where you are today yeah like i think a lot of people that are in the alternative health space or people that are into breath work or people in biohacking or people um into fitness or whatever they're in it for a specific goal um often through not being body built like big enough built so they get into the fitness world um if they've had uh, stress or anxiety problems, they get into yoga. If you get into biohacking or health optimization, it's because you've had health issues. So I think it's very common that 
that's the routine for a lot of people. A lot of people um, then start focusing, well, pretty much put their life into optimizing their health. I am one of those people. Same with Dave Asprey, again, the founder of Bulletproof. Um, he got into it because he was fat, basically no energy and knackered all the time and started figuring out ways to hack that. Um, he was a computer hacker, obviously, which is where the term hacking came from, biohacking opposed to computer hacking. And again, I'm the same as that. And it's the same with um, many other people, especially in the breathwork space, because obviously people have a lot of gains very, very quickly. Um, I actually uh, read earlier on from one of the breathwork guys that the day that people first do their first, first breathwork session is often a, a big moment for them and they remember and hold on to it very, very closely and remember it well. And it's also a significant mm -hmm. jump in health. Biohacking is just using different modalities like breathwork, obviously, to optimize your health. So for me, I got ill, basically, um, uh, from being a very, very busy business guy uh, running multiple companies. Um, being full of life and energy all the time to getting kidney stones, urinary tract infections pretty much every day um, for months, um, having prostate issues and brain fog and anxiety and things like that. And before I got ill, being a, a business guy, <clears throat> um, and I built probably seven or eight companies by this point, um, I thought being ill was a weakness. <laughs> I didn't think mm -hmm. I'd in the head opposed to you know something physical um so yeah so after being in the doctors in and out of the doctors you know for months and months and months on end and being on antibiotics for quite a few months in a row i couldn't even digest my food anymore um and obviously that's a spiral out of control because if you're not digesting your food properly because of the antibiotics you're not going to get the nutrients from your food which means you're not your energy is not going to be right and back then i didn't know then what I know now <laughs> um, and ways to get around that. So I could have saved myself probably five years. Mm. This was nearly 10 years ago. Um, so after one particular week, I've been in and out of the doctors every day and my mum had driven me up because I couldn't drive. I was just absolutely out of it. I wasn't recognizable really. Um, I said to the doctor, well, what's wrong with me? You know, this has been going on many months now. And he said, I don't know and shrugged his shoulders. So, that was an aha moment for me. I was a breaking point and it was one of those, I guess, forks in the road where you can go, I'm giving up um, and just, you know, be a victim, I guess, um, or I'm going to grab a hold of this mofo and really make a big difference. So I got home and I just started studying um, and studying and I started, actually, I started off with um, post-it notes like I did in my companies when I needed to build processes or systems for the teams to run things that I knew how to do, but they didn't. For instance, when it was a marketing agency I, I ran at the time and when I did things that were really efficient for marketing and the team couldn't replicate it, I would then sit down and write on a post-it note, the things in the order that I do and stick them on the wall um, and then build out processes and get it documented like that. So I just used that strategy with my health. So I put, wrote down every symptom that I'd had and mapped it all out on the wall in post-it notes and a bit like, <laughs> like in the movies when you see um, people with bits of string, uh, detectives with bits of string and everything. And I was tracing it back really where it came back to. So it was a systems thinking approach. And I did that pretty much for four or five years, um, not just mapping it out, but looking at all the different symptoms and researching all the things for each one of those symptoms and then figuring out what the top issue was and for me actually it came back down to 
uh, metal fillings in my mouth that I'd had, and I'd had a lot of dental work, um, which is a whole another rabbit hole, but essentially metal in my mouth, it's mercury in amalgam fillings, and amal amalgam mercury specifically blocks certain enzymatic reactions from happening which means that um in, in your jaw and this is obviously i've seen this in scans multiple times because i've worked i've worked with the biggest dentists in the world now but um the mercury stops certain enzymatic reactions from happening which means the calcium doesn't um, go into the bone it actually starts degenerating um, the bone so um, you then start getting more and more dental issues but because of the mercury again it's um, neurotoxic and also um, uh, a kind of antibiotic. So if you've got it in your mouth, you're always swallowing it, which means it kills off certain gut bacteria. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, it came back down to mercury detoxification. So I had to figure out all the different routes. And this was, you know, eight, eight nine years ago now before it was more commonplace for this type of thing. Um, and figuring out the ways how to fix my health from there and then all the spiraling things that come with it So people that have often got mercury toxicity or had amalgam fillings often have um, Lyme and the co-infections that go with it right. um, They also have had chronic fatigue uh, Epstein-Barr um, And herpes and all these different things that go with it um, Just because the immune system just doesn't know what to do because it's had this toxin in it So really that's that's where how I got into it there's been other things going on, gut issues. I had IBS for four or five years and whatnot. Anyway, so just to move on from that, um, about five years ago, I then heard about Bulletproof Coffee. Someone told me it was a nootropic, which was the mm. first time I heard that term, and uh, how it switches your brain on and gives you energy, um, something to do with the ketogenic diet at the time, which was very early days of ketogenic diet movement. And um, I had it in the morning about 10 o'clock. Next thing I know, it was 2.30 in the afternoon. I'd worked from home. Um, both my girlfriend and I at the time head down we didn't just didn't realize how quickly time flew and I realized that there was something in it for me so when I looked into bulletproof coffee I then heard about Dave Asprey and I found out about what biohacking was and I realized that I was actually a biohacker and I had been for five years um, just without knowing the label so I guess really at the forefront of it but without knowing that there was a whole community out there and then to round off in 2017 I went to the bulletproof conference um, after helping Bulletproof do a Tony Robbins event in London, um, they let me have a ticket to their conference. So I went with a group of friends and realized that there was such an awesome community of biohackings that biohackers that were not only into health and fitness, but also really givers. They were really growth mindset. They weren't stressy, moody, miserable bastards that, you know, that you often get the attitude down the gyms with the, just the fitness crowd. Um, and I, I came back to London and I was like, I felt like there was a gap and I really wanted a community like that and to hang around with awesome people. So I created a, the Biohacker London Meetup group, which within a year grew to be the biggest group of biohackers that meet on a regular basis on the planet and um, became quite a big thing. And then people were saying, why don't you do a summit? <laughs> so I created the Health Optimization Summit, um, which brings in health and fitness, medical, wellness, nutrition, biohacking, paleo, keto, all of these spaces into one so that we don't exclude anyone but we bring them all in with the same goal of optimizing your health so that's really the whole the whole journey um that's stacked on top of each other to bring us here today 
Yeah, fantastic. What a story. And uh, I have to say, coming from a corporate background myself, uh, I, I love the systems thinking approach because I, I am fond of the odd process map now and again. So I do like that idea of looking at all those symptoms. And, and funnily enough, I've just finished reading um, David Goggins' book, um, You Can't Hurt Me or Can't Hurt Me. And uh, I've had back problems for years. I've been having spasms in the back. I've been to so many chiropractors, physiotherapists, and I've been doing the same variations of back exercises and stretches and all these different things. And it's not really got any better, but after listening to David Goggins, he had a lot of problems with his uh, hip flexors. Mm. And um, I forget what there's a muscle that, that goes between the stomach and the, the thighs. Um, and I've started stretching that out and it's early days, only three or four days in, but it's, it's a bit of a, a light bulb's gone off thinking, well, the symptoms, the back, but what's causing it? And the fact that I sit for 10 hours a day behind a desk, there's probably something to it. So that, that was just me going down a bit of a rabbit hole here from somebody else going, it might not be your back. That's the problem. It might be something else, which yeah. is interesting what you said about the teeth. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think um, I, uh, the back issue has been a big thing for me because my posture is very like this and my family like this yes i have a standing desk at home not when i'm traveling as you can see i'm in a hotel uh, room right now in um munich but i have a standing desk actually my laptop is in a in a holder so it's height so i'm not scooped down like that yes um, I do stretches every day i have a roller uh, so i roll that down my spine as well and i used an abc chiropractor for for quite a long time as well which is spiral health over in putney um they're very very good and they look at the spine and how it's misaligned so if you've got your neck like this it's your neck compensating it doesn't mean your neck needs adjusting here it's probably mm. further than that. but there's also <clears throat> body mechanics side of things um which there's um one of our speakers and a very good friend of mine actually ricky warren uh, rick's.official on instagram he's one of the most incredible movement guys you'll ever meet um, a kind of calisthenics, but um, but more so more so than that. Um, so I work with him as well in the movement, which has actually helped me with my posture massively. So while my brother is getting more and more forward. He's not doing the exercise I'm doing, which is naturally in our family. Yeah. I've been releasing. Actually, I've got the ball in my hand ah. to open up the muscles here, pushing up against the wall like a rugby tackle. Mm. Relaxes the muscles here. Um, or should I say by um, trigger point release um, here and here, which means that when I'm doing my, my back, um, it's actually not the muscles pulling it back forward straight away afterwards. So, you know, there's a few of these things that all fit together, but I'd recommend looking at the Agoscu method as well. Okay. Um, if you haven't already. Uh, how are you spelling that? Agoscu, uh, E-G-O-S-Q-U-E, I think. Okay. So, Agoscu method is very well known. Okay. I mean, Paleo effects last year in Austin um, and I've been doing one of their exercises for my particular posture type, which worked almost immediately, which mm -hmm. is really good. So, and, I mean, I just, one thing I want to touch on is we've talked about several different things already, but um, people say, well, how's yoga biohacking or how's the Goscu method biohacking or how's breathwork biohacking? You know, someone that's into breathwork and not into the other things wouldn't consider a breathwork biohack, but it goes back to the systems thinking approach as a biohacker, you go, what tools do I have to be able to optimize my health? Is it yoga um, for opening my hips or relaxing my muscles? Is it trigger point release or is it hyperbaric oxygen therapy or whatever? It's about using the systems thinking approach, which is what biohacking is. Just for you guys that might be thinking, what the hell are they going on about? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. And I think it's interesting going back to what you said about the, uh, the, the, the breath work, almost being like a gateway drug 
to uh, to biohacking because I, yeah I, I, that that first breathwork session I have in Poland with Wim Hof and his team mm. in this basement it's it's implanted in the you know straight away and and everything that happened for me in that first week and all the visualizations and the way I felt and then you add that to then some cold exposure uh, and then it just left me at the end of that week thinking well, what else is out there if if that existed for sort of thirty five years and I had no idea is there some other stuff out there and now I've got the you know blue light blocking glasses and the, you know journaling and meditation so uh, it'd be good to talk a little bit about some of the what are some of the best free or or, or or easy to entry biohacking things you've come across because sometimes i know it can get quite expensive but what are some of the free or cheap things you've seen you could recommend for people yeah i mean first i'd like to just touch on the breathwork thing because i think when people realize that there are such simple things that you can do to improve your energy or mental clarity or immune system or whatever opposed to the traditional thinking of wear a mask that's the only thing you can do to help your health well when your mind is open and you go well actually something like breath work or hydrating properly for instance can help your health so much you're optimizing your sleep you go well actually what else is out there that i can do and how many more gains can i get which is why a lot of guys that get into or girls that get into biohacking often like keep on going and going and going and going because when you realize how optimal or how high how much of a high performer you can be um, it becomes a drug because it's almost like, well, when you have an off day, you realize how bad it can be or how amazing it can be. So I think it's, it's a natural um, exploratory thing for people with that open mindset. Mm -hmm. My mum exactly the same, actually. Um, she had osteopenia and um, they, on the scan, it showed that, um, you know, that they were concerned that it was going to progress. And so I started researching it. This is very early days. And thanks to Dr. McCullough for talking about osteoporosis, about his protocol, what he recommended. So I figured it out and we reversed it. And it was actually good within six months, opposed to just being on drugs for the rest of our life. So again, it's, it is a, a solution-focused mindset. Mm -hmm. um, in regards to free and cheap biohacks, yeah, I mean, often people say, oh, it's for rich kids. Um, you know, and we haven't all sold companies, therefore we can't afford to do all this stuff. But I mean, this ball costs next to nothing. And that's yeah. by hack. If you've got bad posture, a roller, a foam roller costs you nothing from Amazon. You can get it delivered really for three ninety nine these days. Mm -hmm. um, breath work costs you absolutely nothing. You can even get Wim Hof's app for free on the app store, which is bloody brilliant, by the way. And I was using that down by the lake. You see on my Instagram uh, for you, those guys listening uh, at Tim Biohacker on Instagram, um, you'll see that I was doing breath work in the Bavarian Alps in Germany last week uh, with Matt Potler, who runs Flowgrade Festival, who's my German counterpart in biohacking. He's very big into breath work and things. So we're using the Wim Hof app down by the river. Then we did a cold plunge, which was absolutely bloody freezing. Um, but that's also free, completely free. Um, getting your shoes off and getting in the grass or in the lake the reason why um, when you're in the lake versus just a little paddling pool for doing a, you know, a cold plunge or whatever after your breath work, um, the reason why it feels so much better is because we're actually getting free electrons from the earth when we're grounding. Those free electrons actually uh, scavenge free radicals. Essentially, the free electron goes and pairs with the uh, free radical, um, the free radicals that we have, which are a byproduct of our mitochondria doing their thing with the energy um what that does is it then makes it stable which reduces inflammation and promotes healing in the body so whenever you've got your shoes off in the grass or on the beach or in the lake or in the sea that is a hundred percent free in abundance um 
biohack right there. And if you look into grounding or the earthing movement, you'll see how amazing it is. Now, what's even better is if you've got sunlight or natural light at the same time, you're getting positive photons or photons from the sun, which is energy, um, which helps charge your mitochondria. Um, and um, if you take your sunglasses off and get natural light in your eye with full spectrum, it's actually much better for you. Um, and uh, so sunlight and grounding and breath work are all completely free. If you can't get in front of the sunset, um, which is um, red light therapy, you can buy a red light stack. Um, if you're playing with your iPhone after sunset, you can get blue blocking glasses and you can get them for 40 quid on Amazon um, or you can buy the expensive ones. Or you can just have candles <laughs> and yeah. uh, basically walk around in candlelight um, because like um, incandescent lights, burning light is significantly more red light based, which is what we would have had evolutionary speaking from a campfire. Um, we wouldn't have had natural fake light everywhere. So that's an example of free things. I mean, if you want the expensive things, for instance, breath work, you can do hyperbaric oxygen therapy, which costs about 150 pounds an hour. I had a clinic in hyperbaric oxygen therapy for several years. I opened it up after the clinic up after I heard Dave Asprey talk about it on a podcast and I thought it was so amazing. I, I, I went and had a clinic. Again, that is a rich kid's toy, definitely. But breath work, if you do it properly, um, and become reliant on it, i.e. put it into your daily routine along with a cold shower in the morning, then you know you see significant benefits from doing so, especially from the hormesis or hermetic stresses side of things. So, so really there are a, a, a shit ton of free biohacks everywhere, um, but it's really how far do you want to go? It's like someone saying, well, driving a car is expensive if you only think about a Lamborghini. You don't have to get a Lamborghini. You don't. <laughs> that's not the only form of car. And it's the same with biohacking as well. Yeah, there's a spectrum, isn't there, from from completely free to some medium price things. No, I love that. I wanted to ask you a bit about this uh, this grounding because I've been doing it a little bit now and again. When you're on drier grass and you don't have a lake nearby, are there immediate benefits? And then do you have to be on there a long period of time? But what, what what's a good length of time to be kind of with your feet on some grass? Do you think? Think a bit like this. When we have evolved not wearing rubber shoes, mm -hmm. so we evolved being connected to the earth the majority of the day. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it like this, if you're thinking about inflammation in the body, when you're connected to the ground, inflammation is completely gone. But as you step away from it and you're not getting the free electrons from the earth, your inflammation levels are filling up more and more and more and more. If you come off for one minute, it would drop a little bit and then go back up again because your mitochondria are continually producing energy and the byproduct obviously is free radicals mm -hmm. as well from other sources as well so if you're off the ground for one minute you'll lose a bit of inflammation if you're off for 10 20 50 an hour whatever until you're basically back at ground level again so the longer the better, mm. but there's a point where you don't need more and then you can step off the grass and it will come back up again slowly over a period of time. Okay, now, so it's we, daily we practice. Wear, yeah, Sorry, minimum of 40 minutes is the best thing, minimum. Um, Clint Ober, who wrote the book and did the documentary on earthing, and I really recommend you check him out or read his book because it's incredible and his documentary is very good. Um, 
he does live blood analysis of blood before grounding and 40 minutes after grounding and you can see on before for someone that hasn't had much grounding in at all you'll see that the red blood cells are all clumped together like not not free basically mm. after 40 minutes of grounding you can see that the red blood cells are equidistant from each other wow. and therefore flowing properly so that's 40 minutes and also um inflammation in the body under thermography you can see before and after you can see and i've actually done a post of this on my instagram about two months ago um, you can see before 40 minutes of grounding and after with thermography and you can see that the inflammation is pretty much gone so i wear grounding shoe straps so that's um like um, a sticker that's conductive that goes from the sole of my shoe into my shoe that i stand on it it is conductive through my socks because your feet do sweat slightly, which means it conducts okay to the ground on the assumption you're walking on ground or something as, you know, grass or whatever. I have a grounding pillowcase, a grounding mouse mat, grounding floor mat. Um, and I'm pretty much, or I work barefoot on the grass in my garden. Um, and I'm often grounded eight to 12 hours a day, if not more. Um, Dr. McCullough, who is you know one of the biggest names in the whole health space alternative health space he says he's grounded 80 percent of every day wow. I, that was my, that was my goal and i nailed it pretty quickly I, but i saw diminishing diminishing returns after a certain period of time um as to how far it goes but it definitely does help significantly with brain fog and also if people yeah. have got anxiety um, or a panic attack or getting really stressed actually getting on the grass um actually really does bring you back down literally down to earth very quickly within a few minutes and when there's studies done on grounding for cortisol levels you can see that people that then ground in the morning and then in the evening actually bring their cortisol levels down into the ranges that they should be based on that time of day as well so it really does have massive benefits a lot of people say it's woo woo but i've and I thought so too, until I had an, a multimeter and I actually tested my body voltage in the house near plug sockets to see my body voltage go up and then touching an earthing mat or put my foot on the grass and seeing my body voltage coming down to 0.00 where it should be. Yeah. And, and when the moment I quantified it and then spent probably three months listening to every podcast, um, reading every book and even getting to know Clint Ober as well. Um, I, I just thoroughly accepted it and I've been talking about it ever since. You'll see it splashed across my Instagram pretty much every day. <laughs> so exciting, isn't it? Everything that I, I find, well not everything, as, as I as I learn more and more about biohacking, as I as I get older and I, I hear more things and read more things, it always feels like we're going back to this ancestral health. I, I hear that term quite a lot. And you know, it could be standing, it could be earthing, it could be just using your nose. You know, I've gone on this huge nose journey this year, qualifying as an oxygen advantage instructor, spending time with Patrick McEwen, um, and just it's as simple as just using your nose and we think well we can use the mouth that's okay um so uh, where do you think this is going do you do you think we're at the do you think we're getting towards that edge of understanding now or do you think oh no in 10 years i don't even know where we could be with with biohacking and health optimization what's your thoughts on the on the future really good question um actually i did a podcast with seamland a couple of weeks ago actually that i just put out yesterday um and this came up last time as well, which is really interesting. So it shows that it's going to be, I think it's going to be the next big trend or one of them within this space. <clears throat> a lot of what we do that is working is stuff that's been working for millennia. Um, and the stuff that isn't working has been around for less than a hundred years. 
Um, much of the stuff that we have that is causing us the biggest issues have been in the last 60 or 70 years, actually. So I do think that ancestral wisdom, um, or should I say ancestral basics, <laughs> where we came from, will prevail, always will. Mother Nature always wins, always. Um, so <clears throat> I think it will be going that way. And I think the people that integrate it more and more and understand that mindset, opposed to more and more chemicals, will be the ones that do the best with their health. Mm. And I think, as I said to Sim, I got into biohacking, well, unbeknown to me, 10 years ago. Um, and it was pretty natural, but I didn't know things like grounding or sunlight. In fact, I burnt in five or six minutes at that point. I couldn't handle the sun um, because I was so inflamed. And I figured out how to hack that. And now I can be in the sun eight or nine hours if I want. And, you know, I just get a beautiful tan opposed to a burn. Um, but I think I went from not understanding health and being ill to under thinking I knew about health and trying lots of different detoxes and this and that and the other, which is where most of the wellness industry seems to be, you know, mm -hmm. oh, green juices and this and that and the other and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then getting into extreme biohacking, even optimizing genes um, and super tech and spending, you know, best part of a million pounds now on health to realizing that, yeah, the most basic natural things win. So mm -hmm. it's been a full circle, but now I have the knowledge around that circle to be able to go, well, actually I can't get to nature in this element, but I will be using this instead. So <clears throat> what you've identified or what you've just said is exactly where my mind is right now. And I think that that's why with the health, with the health optimization summit, I bring in the best doctors, the best researchers, the best specialists, and people that actually talk about how nature helps as well as the medical side as well. Because the medical world is incredible, in all honesty, and it gets a bad rep, Big Pharma does. But really, um, while it is a big money industry, for emergency care, it is incredible. And the advancements are absolutely unbelievable. And finance or money has driven that to happen. So we have for emergency care, the best we can ever possibly imagine. But for chronic health issues, it's falling short. And I think with what biohacking and some of the alternative health spaces are doing, are bringing the chronic element together with the emergency care. So therefore we have the full picture that we can do. So I really think that ancestral health will be bigger in the medical space at some point when they do accept it when they do know that they have to let go of some of their revenue um, and incorporate this like getting rid of the crappy blue lights in hospitals making yeah. sure that people are earthed out when they're in their bed making sure that there's a bit of nature that they're getting clean clean air um, making sure that they're eating proper organic healthy food not just stodgy rice pudding with crappy hormone yeah. antibiotic riddled um, milk in it so I, I really think that that's where it will go. It's not going to be tomorrow, but it is going to happen. Definitely. Yeah. I think everyone that when they know this and they've tested some of these things that they do go, why didn't we think about this before? Yeah. It's um, uh, again, Patrick McEwen was saying that, you know, why isn't the world health organization talking about nasal breathing? One of the best ways to protect yourself against diseases and airborne things is actually to use this fantastic filtration device here, which will actually purify the air to a degree and you get the nitric oxide that's releasing some lovely gases to help clean it. Um, 
I, 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 you, I'm sure you've, you've heard about this study and I'm going to butcher it to death now, but there was something around uh, people with views in their hospital beds where they could see green trees and the rate of um, healing was, was significantly more, wasn't it? Have you, have you come across that? Yeah, I have. I can't remember the specific detail. Yeah. That, yeah, that nature did really help them significantly. Yeah. Um, but you know, you never know. You know. There's so many sources. You don't know what's fake news and what's study. But I mean, I do know that there's a lot of studies going around about how nature nature is very good for people with stress, um, and a lot of it hasn't been quantified up till now. But I only really accept things that are quantified or backed up in some way it doesn't have to be double blind studies because a lot of double blind studies for instance that have 50 people in it or whatever um and there'd be selected people and those 50 people won't be as good as thousands of people testing at home tracking their sleep with one of these aura rings and you know you'll have far better data yes um, so so I do think that it's difficult to trust a lot of these things but I do believe there's truth exactly in that hospital thing I'm saying but yeah. I mean when it's adopted, I don't know, but I know what I would do with my family if we need it, <laughs> um, incorporating all these things for sure. Yeah, I, I love the fact that you're not just um, somebody that's just talking about random things that might be good for you. And it's the, the science needs to be there as well, because for a lot of people, the, the, the idea of earthing does sound a bit woo-woo, but then when you actually start to look into it, so no, no, there are actual scientific, measurable, quantifiable differences if you do that versus like you don't do that. So no, I, I love that. Um, I'd like to talk about that EMF. So would you mind just showing people what is EMF and why is it a problem for us? Yeah, I won't go too deep into the science right now. Um, I'll keep it quite high level, but EMF, electric magnet, electromagnetic frequency, obviously um, simple term would be electric in the air, I guess. Um, and this comes from Wi-Fi, cell phones, whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's not something that we should have at the frequencies that we have it in the amounts that we have it. We didn't evolve with it. Now, on the basis that we are electrical creatures. So when our heart stops, what do they use? Electricity to get it started. What do we drink in water? Minerals, which are electrolytes, which essentially connect the wires of our body by the veins. Um, what do we have when we're dehydrated? You know, we have um, IV with electrolytes in. So anything that is electrical can, in theory, interfere with our electrical system. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are electro electrical um, electro uh, sensitive, sorry, and get palpitations or health issues as a result of EMFs. And some people are very very sensitive to it. Before I was even into biohacking, and again, this was 10, maybe 11 years ago, I lived in an apartment with a friend and I had the worst sleep problems ever. And I really couldn't sleep. My brain was at 200 miles an hour every single night. I just didn't know what it was. And then one day I, when I got up, I was just like, I was so frustrated. I walked into the lounge, which was directly behind my bedroom. And the router was on mm -hmm. a table this far probably this far from my head right Hello. and i just thought i wonder if that's something like something to do with it so i moved it far side of the apartment and my sleep issues went now i didn't think anything of it i just you know okay fine that sorted it <laughs> um but after obviously getting to know um a bit more about emf and people say oh it's not dangerous and blah 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 blah, blah. i read uh, dr mccoda's book emf um, EMF 
star D. Um, it's how it's spelt if you want to get it on Amazon. And it tells you about the dangers of it and what it does to our body. But essentially, it messes with the calcium channels um, and screws with our metabolism and potentially long-term immune system. So when there's a lot of conspiracy theories going around about 5G and Corona virus, um, I don't think they're directly related. I do think that EMFs um, having a 5G tower next to your house is going to help, but it's going to hurt you long term. I don't think it's something immediately that's causing your immune system to drop that much that you'll contract a virus. I just think that that is correlation, not causation. Um, and I think a lot of people in the alternative health space jump on these things and make themselves look like conspiracy theorists um, and or talk like they're experts. Well, I think sometimes, no, it's just a correlation, not a causation. But I do think for long-term health, it's not good. And there's a lot of studies, actually, that aren't backed by the mobile networks, surprisingly, because, you know, they need to hold on to their revenue, just like the cigarette or tobacco industry didn't promote the bad results from tobacco smoking for years until it was widely accepted so i do think that there will be limits on it in the future somehow i don't know what that's going to look like but with a sensible mindset i'm not going to blame them for anything because i think i love my phone and i have built a life with my phone and my laptop which we are now talking on right now uh, and the conveniences are amazing the inconveniences aren't so apparent and therefore, it's much easier to go, I love this. I don't want to accept that it's bad for us because I can't tell what bad there is, but I can tell how much good there is. And I think that's where a lot of people sit. They, they sit and say that they don't think that EMFs are dangerous and whatnot. And they talk about ionizing versus non-ionizing and all these things. But I do think that anything that's electrical can be dangerous um, in some form. We, we will find out more in due course. In the yes. meantime grounding is a good way to mitigate that risk um and making sure that you turn your wi-fi off at night or, and um whatnot just just in case <laughs> it, it was um it was after one of your meetups actually i got talking to another participant in london and uh, after that no longer did i charge my phone i used to have the, the phone charger the actual plug near my head and that's giving something off as well. There are some, some, some EMF coming off that. So no longer now do we charge phones in the bedroom. The phone is far away from my head on, um, you know, airplane mode at night as well. And when I can, I'll turn the router off. It's difficult, obviously, in your block of flats. But I guess at the same time, you do what you can to minimize that EMF as, as much as you can. Because, uh, yeah, it's, it's not great for you. Well, when mm. they build a bridge, health and state, safety say it has to take like five or ten times the weight that you're supposed to have to be able to drive over it just in case and yet the limits on emf are they don't do that they go mm -hmm. we're going to test the people so i would just say err on the side of caution um and we will see in due course yes you know doesn't mean you have to smoke 30 cigarettes a day until yeah. someone says oh that's dangerous it's best to go well actually you know logical rational mind goes there's something in it we didn't evolve with it therefore we should probably be cautious of it you know you're not going to yeah. give you like for instance a lot of people message me and say oh can can i use this supplement on my kid or can i do this to optimize my kid's health and i'm like go careful i can't advise you to do anything because it's a baby or a kid mm -hmm. um just be cautious well why wouldn't we be cautious with ourselves with some things that we don't understand yeah um same with that so yeah yeah no lovely thank you for, for going into a bit of detail on that um question for you around good old h2o 
Uh, thoughts on UK tap water or global tap water? I recently watched a, a down to earth documentary of Zac Efron, uh, which I don't know if you've seen that. I enjoyed that a lot. But uh, thoughts on tap water, thoughts on bottled water. What do you drink in terms of water or what's in that bottle now? It'd be good if you could share a bit about your experiences there. Um, hydration has been a big part of my journey, actually, because mercury from uh, mercury competes for the cells in the cells basically uh for various minerals including magnesium which means you can have mineral imbalances so i would pee at 1.30 to 50 times a day and the more stressed your adrenals get the more you pee you don't hold on properly so um i went to various specialists i tried everything to fix this frequent urination and i was peeing so much it was causing more, more prostate issues and it was actually a big stressor because i didn't want to drink anything because i would just pee it straight out 10 minutes later um but i had to drink because otherwise i got kidney stones well kidney stones come from a leaky gut um from oxidant oxalate production endogenous not exogenous or both um but if you don't drink enough water, then you're not flushing those out. So I, it was a big issue for me. So I started testing mineral by mineral um, to see what helped me retain the water opposed to peeing it out. And for me, it just happened to be potassium, uh, 200 milligrams in the morning, 200 milligrams at night, helped me retain my water. But then I started trying a full spectrum mineral, which you can use something like Kinton hydration, Q U I N. T-O-N hydration, which is an isotonic, isotonic, which is 78 trace minerals in one vial, glass vial, basically. Um, and that really tops up your minerals really well on a cellular level, gets into the cell quite nicely. You can use Celtic sea salt. Um, and as you know, from down to earth, which is a great, great episode, actually. And it did get some critics speaking about it online, uh, saying about this woo-woo grounding stuff, which... They said, oh, the guys don't obviously know their science because they're talking about grounding and, you know, it's woo-woo about free electrons and stuff. Well, it shows that the people that are critics don't know what they're talking about. And, you know, they're just in the traditional old mindset. But um, one thing that they did say, which was really a key point, actually, and I shared it out on my Instagram, I think it was a couple of days ago, um, was about... If you're drinking low mineral water, i.e. filtered water, it might not have toxins in, but it won't also have many, many minerals in it. Now we're supposed to drink water from streams or a spring or whatever, which would be high in minerals. Those minerals will help us, our electrical system. Yes. And um, not only does water hydrate for flushing toxins out, but it also hydrates us for giving minerals for our electrical system. So it has two purposes, not one. Most people think, most people think it's one. So if you drink low mineral water, as Zach and co said on the TV show, which is in my opinion, absolutely bang on the nail. If you drink low mineral water, the water goes into you and actually leaches minerals from your system. Actually you pee out more minerals as a result. Whereas if you have high mineral content water, like from a stream or whatever, then actually you're rehydrating yourself in minerals. And I've actually tested this because before all my blood tests for many years were very low in a lot of different and a lot of the electrolytes. And then I added in Kinton hydration and I did it in the morning and in the evening. And then I had blood tests six weeks later. And for the first time in my history, my minerals in my full blood count were all in a line for the first time. Um, 
I still continue to take potassium on its own because I find that helps me retain water. And I've tested this with so many people as well. People that have often got the MTHFR gene mutation um, or have had metal fillings or parents have had metal fillings often pee more frequently, you know, 10, 12 times a day often. And they think that's normal. Soon as you add a bit of potassium in that helps them retain the water. And I hear this very frequently. Many of my friends actually is the same thing. So what my point is, is it's really important to have a high quality mineral water. There's some brands that are very high in minerals, which are great, uh, which rehydrates you. And I think when you get to, I think it was 70, you're 30% dehydrated from minerals from the inside out, which is why you have dry, more leathery skin. Um, and that's not just down to lack of collagen in your diet or in your body. Uh, so, so yeah, it makes a huge, huge difference. So hydration is actually biohack fundamental number two for me number one being sleep number two being hydration mm. but yeah i recommend anyone um watching or listening to this to check the episode of down to earth episode two uh, because i think it's so on the money it's it's great yeah. especially what they're talking about the parisian well um being treated with uv and um be remineralized and things like that which i think is incredible Great, great, uh, just mini series on Netflix. Oh, yeah, I, I stumbled across it. Never really, not a massive fan of old Zac Efron. I thought I'd give it a try. I was very surprised. Uh, re really, really great. Um, so you're, uh, you travel quite a bit. I see on Facebook in different countries. Um, what, what give me a bit of a flavor of your routines. What sort of things are you do when you're on the road to keep yourself healthy? Um, it's a very good question. I try to travel at least four or five months of the year. Um, that's just because when I was in my old company, I was in the same office every day. And while I loved my job at the time, uh, my health wasn't good and I was stressed. So I said, when I sold my agency, I wanted to be in multiple countries. I wanted to be around the smartest people in the industry, in the world, actually. Um, and, um, I wanted to optimize my health and not spend all my savings doing so. Um, I've done all of that except for the savings part and I'm churning through them, got to be honest, but I did have a good sale with my previous company, thankfully, which keeps me going for a while. Um, but the summit is building and it's a, you know, three or four year until it becomes profitable. So really it's just building something amazing and trying to spread awareness of health. Um, that's why I'm traveling now being in one place is a lot easier, obviously, um, because I have my trampoline in my garden, um, which I do rebounding every morning. Uh, obviously, I have my bulletproof coffee every day when I'm at home with collagen in it. And I have my hyperbaric chamber before I go to bed every day. I have my X3 bar, um, which is a home, like an elastic band type thing for bodybuilding. And I have my roller bar and all these things in place. So it's very, very easy, as well as my standing desk. Whereas when I'm traveling, I just utilize nature around me. Um, you know, it's easier to do cold plunge because I generally pick a city where there is a nice lake nice. Uh, or it's slightly climate, yeah, um, or a park nearby. I'm in Munich right now, right near the main English gardens uh, with a lake in the middle, which I've been in a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, so, yeah, my routine is wake up. I have um, my amino acid stack, which has glutamine, creatine, taurine, um, and electrolytes as in terms of minerals, not crappy electrolyte product. Um, and that's the first thing I have. So that helps with firing up the neurotransmitters and switches the brain on. 
I let that sit for about 30 minutes and then I have my coffee and I carry around actually this glass bottle um, which has this filter in the top. So I put my coffee ground in here, pour the hot water through. I use it for tea, which is, is nettle, nettle tea at the moment, actually, which I'm using because it's a natural antihistamine, um, which stops me getting hay fever. And uh, it's also good for um, hormones and testosterone. So, um, so yeah, so I have my bulletproof coffee, or should I say just plain black coffee when I'm traveling, uh, followed up by a, a nettle tea at lunchtime. I'll get out and ground pretty much in the morning and I see sunrise whenever I'm up for it um, and get as much natural as I can. Um, obviously my stretching, my morning stretching, and again, I did a post on it just a couple of days ago talking about my morning routine, how I used to hate stretching. Um, and it was one of those things I hated doing, but now I've incorporated it. It's become part of my, my staple uh, daily routine. And I love it. I really do enjoy it because mm. I've changed the way I thought about it. Um, as well as press ups and chin ups when I'm able to, and um, but I don't beat myself up if I can't do it because the stress from not doing it and, and beating yourself up about it has actually increases cortisol, which means you're in fight or flight, which means you're not going to be in rest and digest, which means your digestive system doesn't work properly, um, and then you won't be as healthy. So, you know, as a case of that, I also obviously use this bull, which I carry it around with me everywhere, and I eat super clean majority of the time. Um, but I do let go every now and then. And um, yeah, so that's basically my, my daily routine. And I, okay. I get my head work for three or four hours a day and then answer my emails and Instagram the rest of the day. But I'm really, really strict for my time. Yeah. And uh, a, a fantastic quote I heard a little while ago, which I try and live by. I'm probably too much in the, in the not strict enough, but everything in moderation, including moderation. So it's nice to hear you hint at the fact that sometimes you let your hair down because, uh, yeah. yeah, it's important to be clean. But then I think it's also important to, to enjoy yourself. Uh, so, OK. Um, and bed routine, what would that look like then? So what, what does the nighttime kind of how do you wind yourself down for bed? Yeah. That's uh, a good question. Well, there's actually just a, a quote I just want to tell you because it's funny you mm. say everything in moderation, including in moderation, which I think is a really good, a really good quote. And I um, actually, I came up with a, a line myself a few weeks ago, which was too much extremism, too much extremism causes stress and too little strictness creates toxicity. Um, because I think one of the things I see with biohackers or people that are optimizing their health, they get so stressed you know, if they, if they miss a meal or if they have something wrong or whatever it may be, and then they get stressed, which then obviously causes them issues. Yes. Uh, but not being strict enough and saying, oh, well, once won't hurt, but that once is every day. Yeah. Toxicity. So, so yeah, so really, I like that everything in moderation. Including yeah. Moderation. I, I, and just to add to what you just said there, um, doctor, there, there's a book called Why We Sleep by Dr. Matthew Walker. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of it. And guys, if you, if you haven't yet, I, I highly recommend it. But uh, when I read that book, so this guy was on Joe Rogan. I thought, wow, you know, because I was always a believer of you don't need that much sleep. You sleep when you're dead, all those nasty quotes that we've heard. Um, and then he started talking about Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan and Alzheimer's in later years. And they famously said, they, you know, they you know, got, got by sort of three or four hours of sleep. So I read that book and it really stressed me the F out. I was like, oh my God, I need good sleep. And I made everyone's life a misery. Because I was like, no, I need to get to bed now. I need nine hours. I need all the lights off. 
Um, and it was after several months of realizing you're stressing yourself out about the thing that you wanted to get better at. And I got to this point where I kind of managed to relax myself down now. I'm like, do you know what? If I'm going to have a good night's sleep, I'll have a good night's sleep. But I put all the precautions in place. So the light blockers will go on, you know, hot showers sometimes before bed, nice cool room. Um, so so that, they're kind of some of the habits I've got. But I understand what you're saying. Sometimes you've got to be careful you don't go too far and stress yourself out with something that you're trying to use to make yourself better. Yeah, yeah, yes, that's very true. Um, yeah, so for my sleep, sorry, mm. I don't. Um, for my sleep, um, I make sure I don't eat within three or four hours of bed. Um, generally, I try to eat before sunset because, um, and this is based on Dr. Sachin Panda's work, which is from Circadian Code, is that we produce up to 50 times less insulin after sunset certain genes turn on and off at different times of the day. So if you eat after sunset, your blood sugar stays high through the night, which means you're storing that as fat throughout the night because your body is processing the food during night. Whereas if you finish eating before sunset, go to bed, once your blood sugar has come down, you actually don't store that as fat. You actually lose weight, you become leaner um, without even having to change your food, just the timing of the food. Uh, which means that your body is actually repairing during the night opposed to getting energy from the food. It's using that energy to fix your body from the damage you've done during the day. So eating at least four hours before bed is absolutely critical in my opinion. And it's a, yes. a non-negotiable, except for if I'm at a party like last week, for instance, and uh, steak or whatever is a bit late. I'll just make sure I double up on my digestive enzymes and uh, hydrochloric acid um, so that I can help my body digest it as quickly as possible. Um, so, so that's number one, and it's often a sleep. When people think that I would need to optimize my sleep, they think about taking melatonin or, um, or blackout blinds or whatever, but they don't necessarily think about the prep, you know, four or five hours beforehand. Mm. The other thing is, is that the biggest killer for sleep is actually blue light, because we are designed to be woken by blue light. It's actually a protection mechanism for us. The people that didn't wake with blue light probably got eaten by animals, our ancestors. So the ones that did get woken by blue light remained, um, because nearly everything sleeps at night, nearly, but not everything. Um, so therefore we get woken by blue light. It stops us producing melatonin, which stops us from sleeping. So if we're playing with our phone before bed or any blue light, any unnatural light, i.e. not firelight or sunlight or moonlight, will stop us from producing melatonin. So while we may fall asleep, we won't be sleeping properly because we won't have enough of our sleep hormone melatonin helping us sleep. So that's what you're right about the blue blocking glasses. They're, they are amazing. Dave Asprey is the guy that was made them popular. Um, and he's got a brand called True Dark, which were pretty much the first guys out there. There's also Raw Optics, there's Blue Blocks, and a few others as well going around. Um, and it's all really, there's not a great deal of difference these days because they've progressed from being, being, you know, simple yellow lenses, which cuts out kind of 40% of the light through to being orange or dark red lenses, which cut out, you know, 80 to 100% of blue light. What that does is it actually tricks our bodies into thinking it's nighttime because our eyes don't get any blue light in them. So we start producing our melatonin. So if you do that three hours before bed, 
then your melatonin levels are going to be higher and you'll sleep better. And even if people say, well, I don't have any sleep problems, when you start tracking it and you're seeing how low your deep or REM sleep will be um, or how poor your heart rate variability is or your, how high your heart rate is by wearing blue blockers, it has a knock-on effect on all of those things. So if people have got health issues, especially if they've got chronic health issues, but they think they sleep okay, they can optimize it and be healthier as a result. So those are the two non-negotiables um you can use things like silicon earplugs to stop hearing noises during the night and i generally find that that works for people that are actually in fight or flight or stressed because they're constantly listening out for threats during the night yes um so people that do get woken very easily that means that they've got stresses going on in their life that they need to change or they might have a wi-fi router near their head because that also mm. does so really those are you know the type of things. Now, if you go to bed much after sunset, um, you will wake much after sunrise, which means you need bl blackout blinds um, to stop you waking up because sunlight in the eyes wakes you up, but also on the skin, because our skin is photoreceptive. Our eyes are obviously thousands of times more photoreceptive, which is why we can see through our eyes, but not through our skin. Um, so if you do get to bed late, then you should have blackout blinds in theory. But realistically, I've now evolved and say, well, actually, I make sure I sleep earlier using my blue blockers and wake up around sunrise naturally because then my circadian rhythm is correct. If Also, if you go out and ground and uh, get your shoes off and get in the grass, apparently, and I can't back this up more than I've heard it a couple of times now, that we can tell from the free flow of free electrons from the earth, our bodies can, or what time of day it is from grounding. So if you ground in the morning, for instance, with your coffee in the garden with mm -hmm. sunrise, your body will know, reset the circadian rhythm. And then if you do it again in the evening before bed, it should know. So that should help reset. Now I know Luke's story and several other people I know, um, whenever they fly to a new time zone, first thing they do is they get their shoes off, get on the grass and ground out so that their, their circadian clock, um, I guess almost um, matches with the time yes. zone. And I actually do that myself. Luke takes it one step further and he actually goes into the local, um, pond not pond um like um what you call it local like river or a river or lake or yeah okay local water source yeah basically, yeah and so yeah. when i hung out with him last year at paleo fx it's quite funny because we met we met at the local pools and uh <laughs> were, yeah sunning and grounding um because we'd all been on flights so it's really ah. quite cool so i think that, that that's also something else for sleep optimization that yeah should be factored in um, yeah, and grounding bed sheets obviously help with that. And I find that some people often report back that they get more than 20% improvement in their sleep as a result of using a grounding bed sheet. Wow. Yeah. Some people have no, no difference at all. That absolutely nothing. Yes. Some people have a big shift very, very quickly. Um, so I think really they're the basics. You can do a whole load of other stuff. There's, you know, that as you know, there's endless amounts of things you can do for sleep optimization, but really those are the non-negotiables for me. Yeah, for me, I'm just looking where the glass works. So I'm very much a, a fan of the old uh, earplugs because um, they, yeah, they just help me switch off. And then mm. I went, I went for the, uh, I went for the red, which I know you've got a pair. But again, as I said, these are more what you wear probably on the building site. I think they're, they're, they they do the job. Very yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And that's what my girlfriend calls me. Um, 
and uh, what I like about these, apparently they block out green and blue, which, mm. which helps go even further with regards to getting deep sleep. Um, so I'm not sure if that's the case or not, but I, that, when you've been wearing these for a period of time, so if I'm watching TV in the lounge, you get used to it being, you know, red. You do get used to that after a while. Um, if I was to take them off, it's almost, it's offensive to see that blue light because you get after about an hour of wearing them, even probably 20 minutes, the minute you do that, oh Jesus, you, you understand what you're putting into your, into your face. I didn't know about the skin. I knew in the ears there were some receptors and uh, the light can, because you can do blue light therapy in the ears apparently when people are waking up. I didn't know about the skin. Mm. Yeah, um, which is why, for instance, if most hotels will have absolute blackout blinds, yes, uh, so that it's completely dark because they know that people are traveling through time zones. Um, whereas, even if you have a black uh, a face mask on, but yes. like the room, you'll still wake up. Whereas, still wake up, yeah. you won't. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, mm. I like the glasses actually, they're quite nice. I mean, I, I like the ones that have been tested, so I know what um, light waves that they, they cut out, for instance, the ones that I've got here these cut out to 550 nanometers um you see they, they look very stylish they're much better i could wear them out and not not feel like i'm uh, going to perform a concert for you too yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's right i mean they're, they're, these are my favorite in style actually from blue blocks yeah um, and um but i wear the true dark which are i think it's called the day walkers which are like military style mm -hmm. style lenses which are red which actually block out to 600 i think it is nanometers that's as far as you really need to go um andy from blue box made me some custom ones that go to 620 nanometers but they're very very red um yeah. don't really need to go that far and i did again i did a post on the different uh nanometers and the different colors of lenses yellow all the way through to red mm -hmm. about a month ago something like that so if anyone watching this wants to know a little bit more you can drill into it there fantastic i need to get my girlfriend to watch this because uh it's very frustrating I'll, I'll have my routine glasses you know getting ready for bed no screens and she'll she'll be on in the bed just uh sometimes not even with the night mode on her phone and then she'll just she'll just fall asleep and and I'm like, ah, I'm prepping so hard for my sleep. But interesting after what you said now around this piece around, well, she may fall asleep easily, but her, we don't, we don't have aura rings or any sort of sleep measures at the minute, but I, I would imagine probably her level of sleep probably isn't as good as mine because she's got that blue light before she, she falls asleep. So I'll uh, see if I can get to watch this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, that would drive me insane actually if my, <laughs> if my girlfriend <laughs> have amazing health it's like people that say um oh no i can drink coffee before bed and still sleep yeah most people can actually yeah. sleep but what it does to your sleep oh no i sleep fine okay do you know what the different stages are and do you know what how it affects you do you realize you pretty pretty much have zero deep sleep as a result which means your body's yeah. not healing but you feel okay the next day you know it's things like the blue light does the same so uh, you know it's i think the saying from the matrix is ignorance is bliss yes yeah it doesn't necessarily mean it's real so yeah. i would um i would twist her arm if you could and see yeah. but the thing is when you quantify it which is why i like quantifying what i do with my health um like for instance why i accepted grounding when you can see actually in the data what mm -hmm. it's doing to you and how you're improving and how you can get ahead in life and have better health as a result in the data then then there's no question and i think that's what gamification almost is it's like yes 
got 25% deep sleep last night. How can I get it to 30? Yeah. You know, someone said to me yesterday, actually, I want to get it to 40% deep sleep. And I was like, why do you need to? And they said, oh, because I want to. It's like, yeah, but you don't need that much deep sleep. It's mm. not right to do so. And they said, well, it's still fun. Okay, sure. Sure, it's fine to chase shiny toys still. Yeah. But, um, but when you can see it, then you know where you're getting and improving. Um, so that's, yeah, so I would uh, I would get her to watch this and maybe twist her yeah. arm. Yeah, get her some stylish night blockers that don't look like mine, maybe. Um, lovely. I'm going to I'm gonna ask you one final question, um, and, and, and I hope we can do another one of these in the future, because I, I could go down this rabbit hole for hours and hours with you. It's been absolutely fascinating. So, so actually, two questions. Number one, um, uh, I'll be selfish. I've recently developed carpal tunnel syndrome here. Um, any experience of what that what I could look into or what rabbit hole could I go down other than getting surgery, which appears to be my only option right now, because I've tried the stretching, isn't really making difference. Do you, would you have any recommendations where I could maybe look for a bit more info in that? Um, yeah, so there's several reasons for it often. Um, I was on growth hormones a few years back and um, I would get it as well. And when people are on human growth hormones and get that, it's down from water retention actually squeezing in the wrist here. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I would say as a result of my, my understanding is, um, what are you like with drinking fluids and are you hydrated properly and mm -hmm. are you retaining too much water? Um, and I would say, how many times are you peeing a day and is it mm -hmm. huge volume? Uh, it might be that you're retaining more water and you actually have better mineral balance which helps your kidneys flush out the water so that would be the first point i'd look at um that would be more of a systemic uh, approach mm. and i'm sure if anyone medical professionals are watching this they're probably going oh no that's not i'd recommend well that's pretty much everything we discussed they wouldn't recommend yes. which is why biohacking is doing so well because these things tend to work um i would say i would look down the water retention side of things first okay um, fantastic and um, see how you are inflamed and you might find that hydrating correctly i.e the right minerals to make you pee a little bit more if that's the case and we can talk about that offline um and grounding incorporating grounding you might find that those two things help quite well mm -hmm. then there's also red light therapy so having your wrist up against one of the full uh, the red light stacks um okay. will also help as well um which will help uh, the mitochondria do their job in that particular area so if there is something that's going on then that could be it but it also could be down to um your posture again mm -hmm. so it could be getting a standing desk and changing your posture and going to see spiral health the uh, abc style chiropractors that you might find that helps because i had sciatica for quite a long time mm -hmm. and i seemed to fix it um, and whenever it came back, I went to see Spiro Health and it kind of fixed it. It was a combination of several things, but it would cause a pain in my foot, which would seem like the tendons are being taut really tight. And also it can be if you're imbalanced with your shoulders, it could be that one mm. side's pulling the other, which is why it was one sided and not the other. So that's what I would okay. put it down. I will, uh, I will look into that. Thank you very much. My last question then for the audience is um, what what one or two things would you recommend to, the, to somebody looking to start out in, in biohacking? So they've watched this podcast, um, they're maybe not overly happy with the health. I know health, they can go down a million different routes, but what would you say would be a good way to get started? Depends on what their goal is. Um, the first one is obviously more energy. Um, yeah, more energy. So um, if you're a coffee drinker, have a look at Bulletproof Coffee. I'm a mm -hmm. big fan of Dave Asprey and the biohacker movement just because it bloody works. Regardless of the naysayers, regardless of what they say, 
a higher fat diet in healthy fats um, with coffee, which means that you don't get an instant hit with coffee. It's a slower, a slower burn. Um, will give you the right energy throughout the day, which means that your metabolism will be working better. Mm-hmm. Um, eating organic grass-fed or uh, healthy, healthy veg and adding in digestive enzymes so that you break those foods down and get the building blocks from them properly is number two. And I carry them with me absolutely everywhere. Um, so I use Stups Nutrition. Um, these are called Bromelain Plus, but they're a full-spectrum and digestive enzyme um, and they break down fats carbohydrates and proteins into their building blocks for your body to assimilate them um, so that's that's another one um, and adding in celtic sea salt to every single glass of water that you have mm-hmm. so that it's more minerals um, so that you actually hydrate properly would be the best places to start without question um, obviously moving every day so doing some exercises, you can get a trampoline or a rebounder from Amazon for 30 pounds. And you can do that for 10 minutes every day, which gets your lymph flowing, which helps with your digestion and um, oxygenation as well. And as long as you I actually mouth tape while I'm while I'm trampolining. Ah. Uh, so I breathe through my nose and it's really tough to start with. Um, but um, again, nose breathing can be a big one. And mouth taping when you're sleeping as well can also be a big one. Patrick's actually speaking at the summit in January. Ah, fantastic. Brilliant. I've been talking to him for several months about it. And a friend of mine, Ryan Carter, who's Levite on Instagram, um, qualified to be uh, one of his coaches as well. And he was like, you've got to get Patrick. You've got to get Patrick. And so many people kept saying, you've got to get Patrick. You've got to get Patrick. So I yeah. reached out to him and said, Patrick, I'd love it if you, could, if you could come. And we rescheduled to January because of Corona. Uh, just to be on the safe side and he said yeah i can make it so he's just signed now and so i've put his his stuff into my everyday as well yeah brilliant thank you so do you want to just talk just very briefly a bit about the 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 summit that's coming up and how people can find you find the summit um tickets all that sort of stuff yeah i mean i'm at tim biohacker on instagram i'm also on facebook and the usual linkedin and stuff like that but my day-to-day life and biohacks and tips are shared daily on instagram that's the best place um also at health optimization summit which is the summit the whole thing behind the summit is bringing in the best of the best only the best of the best um from dr mccola dr sachin panda who i've mentioned today patrick mcgowan obviously um dave asprey the founder of bulletproof coffee and um everything in between basically the only the best speakers there's no gap fillers and i pull out all the stops so that we can have the best experience in europe for optimizing health and it's not just biohacking it is really you know the best of health fitness medical Mm. wellness nutrition biohacking paleo keto you know the usual things that i say um so yeah that's in january we have 40 speakers 50 exhibitors of the best brands and every single brand has been vetted by me personally i use them um and there's no gap fillers there it really is an amazing experience we had 1200 people nearly last year in year one most year ones are a big flop we were told it's more like year three or four in year one um and um, the feedback was amazing this year we're going for 1500 people it's a slightly bigger experience and better and we've also got nearly 18 months to build it because of corona um so we've got more time to make it a better experience um so yeah so it's two days and uh, with loads of good talks and loads of amazing exhibitors and giveaways and stuff like that as well so yeah that's a health optimization summit and it's 
30 and 31st of January 2021. Wonderful. Uh, Tim, anything else from you before I close off? No, no, just um, I think if people want to explore a little bit more, as I say, my Instagram is a good resource for that. Yeah. But also, there's a talk I did um, at the Biohacker London meetup about a year ago now, and it's called uh, Hack Biohacking um, The Five Fundamentals of Health. And that goes into the detail of the five things that I recommend that people do before they start biohacking specifically. Obviously, you've had three things that you should do, like the digestive enzymes, bulletproof coffee and whatnot today. But if you want to explore a little bit further, that talks 50 minutes. Um, and um, you know, I've had some really good feedback on it. So, yeah, have a look there. Brilliant. I'll, uh, is, that, is that on YouTube, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put a link into it in the description, guys. Um, all right. Well, well, lovely, Tim. Thank you so much. Uh, that has been a fantastic education. I feel very blessed to have been able to ask you all those questions as well. And hopefully, uh, you guys got some some value from that as well. Uh, please leave us a comment below. Like, subscribe. Please share this. I think these are the sort of messages we want to get out there to more and more people because these are the sort of messages that people need to hear. Um, and uh, yeah, we will see you on the next episode. So uh, thanks, Tim, and thanks everyone for watching. And uh, have a great day. Cheers. Thank <laughs> you.